you know, there are certain days that are... Oh, oh. My God. If there was some way to articulate how excited I am right now. Sorry. He did not mean (laughs) blow your mind. Alright, so yeah, no, I, I could do this all day, but I can do it in my own bedroom when I get home and just sit there with no pants on and enjoy that even more than I'm enjoying it right now. The music of the D, Tenacious D. There's no other band like them. The greatest band in the history of rock and roll. And I start off the show today. This is the Brian Oak Show, episode 235, here, right here in the Smart Start MN studios, because my daughter, mere minutes ago, reduced me to tears. She and I are going to see the D. Now, I only found out this morning, someone had sent me a message. So, you know, when you wake up at four in the morning, you're like, that's cool, that's cool. You're like, oh, the D, that's fucking cool. And I didn't really pay attention to any of the details. Apparently, they've got a show coming up in September at Surly Festival Field over at Surly Brewing Company. And um, the tickets are on sale tomorrow morning. So we're recording this on Thursday, the 10th of March, officially on sale March 11th at 10 a.m. But my daughter uh, informed me that she went online, found the code got the ticks and she and i are gonna go see fucking rage cage and jables melt faces most of those faces are gonna stink of undrinkable barley but that's fine whatever you're into man as long as you're there at the d and you believe and you know and you understand and you know for me and my daughter tenacious d is a weird thing right it's been a bonding point our entire life by the way hi sean how are you I'm doing well, man. Good. Me this too. This is good. Yeah, uh, you're yeah. doing great. Uh, well, How I, cool is that? I mean, my, my week has been nuts, right? Yeah, me and too. It's, it's been yeah. nonstop, I'm sure. But then all of a sudden to get this news, yeah. right? Like, we're going to go see the fucking D. And the last time we tried to go see the D, we even Uh-oh. had backstage passes. Yeah. And I got fucking fired from a dream job. <laughs> And so a bunch of those fuck faces can go fuck themselves all day, but I'm not going to name names. You're going to create new happy memories. I'm just going to put them under the umbrella of collective fuck faces, all right? <laughs> but I am, because you know what? Much like in the song Rise of the Phoenix that they put out after the pick of destiny was a complete washout at the box office, you know, uh, the mighty heart of a champion cannot be quelched. You think my daughter and I are afraid of you? We love the D. The D is defining to who we are and what we are, and people like to think like oh that's a fun comedy music duo with jack black and fuck you yeah they can play they're one of the greatest bands i've ever seen live (laughs) and they back themselves up with incredible bands the songs it's kind of like when people talk about comedy being like oh well anybody can act comedy no i would argue Mm. that acting comedy is and doing it well is harder than dramatic acting right Mm -hmm. and i feel the same way with comics and you can go ahead and write them off as a joke band if you want because we don't fucking want you at surly festival field anyway that day dude i'm so excited i'm sorry i'm a little wound up right now a little bit (laughs) catch my breath real quick But it's going to be a Friday. I mean, though the tickets are on sale on Friday, but they're going to be performing out there at Surly. And I've been out there a couple of times for a show before. It's a good place to see a show. But the other part of this is that we're getting to we're getting our lives back mm. and we're, we're finally able to look forward to things. <sighs> and that's what it's all about. And we haven't had that the last two years. We've been going uh, stop, start. Maybe I can do this. Oh, yeah. Should I do this? Should I wear a mask? Should we, you know, 
And we finally get to look forward, and I'm going to see Jason Isbell at Red Rocks with my wife. Jesus, God, that uh, sounds incredible. Never been to Red Rocks to see a show. Right? I've just been to Red Rocks, and I'm a big Jason Isbell fan. So my were you wife there for and I, yoga or something? What were you doing there? Uh, I was just in town visiting friends. Okay. Yeah, well, and something more depressing, which we can talk about oh, later. Oh, well, boo, I'm sorry. But yeah, yeah but, but I'm looking forward to it, because my wife, at, like your wife is a teacher, doesn't get hardly any days off. She's taking two personal days, and we're flying to Red Rocks seeing the show, and then flying back the next day. But. I've been to talk to you about that. We actually have a p- couple podcasts scheduled those days, so you're going to have to cancel that trip. Jeez, um, Brian. I mean, I was really hoping I'd go on this. Yeah, no, and I wish you could have, too. I wish you could have, too. But, I mean, this, my wife. this is our priority. Let's be honest. No, I mean, I mean I'm I, actually in, super in jealous. In my initial uh, paperwork with HR. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> who's in charge of our HR department? I'm you also in charge of HR. Are you, okay, all right. You, you managed Mr. to work Details. it out with yourself, did <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. I appreciate that. <laughs> anyway, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm beyond excited, not just for Tenacious yeah, D, but to so be cool. with my daughter. She and I have become concert buds. We've been going to concerts together for years and years and years including the last Tenacious D concert at the fucking Palace. But we've been doing it for years and years. We're going to go see Gary Newman in a week and a half. We're heading out to California to see the Cruel World Festival coming up in mid-May. And now the motherfucking D are back. It is the Brian Oak Show, and it's made possible by our friends at Smart Start. We'll talk more about them in just a little bit. We'll also check in with Chris Mozina, who really sort of makes the magic happen at one of our favorite venues in South Minneapolis, really in the Twin Cities, Love Upper it. Midwest, whatever pick them the hook and ladder they're announcing more shows that i can literally keep track of and there's more to come so to your point sean we're getting back out there mm-hmm. we're going to see live music this summer i'm a little giddy about it so let me get one more tenacious d song out of my system and then i promise we'll focus on chris and the hook and ladder but when you talk about the d right there's all these different arcs of their career all these weird little funny things but there's one song at the heart of their mythology There's one song that is the absolutely definitive song of the D. Rage Cage and Jables have lived a storied life, not unlike Greek gods or something from (laughs) Roman mythology. But this, this very song is at the heart of it. And this song is called Tribute. song in the world tribute long time ago me and my brother Kyle here we was hitchhiking down a long and a lonesome road all of a sudden there shined a shiny demon in the middle He said, play the best song in the world, or I'll eat yourself. Well, me and Kyle, we looked at each other, and we each said, okay. Sun does shine and the moon does glow and the dust 
was to say. The beast was stunned. A whip crack went his from a tail. And the beast was done. He asked us. And the peculiar thing is this, my friends. The song we sang on that fateful night, it didn't actually sound anything like this song. This is just a tribute. You gotta I know I have a tendency to overstate things, but literally zero irony. I do not love them as a comedy band. I love them as a band. Tenacious D this September. Tickets on sale Friday, March 11th at 10 a.m. to see them at Surly Brewing Festival Field. And all that has been stolen will be restored. The glory that has been tarnished will be revitalized. It's all coming together. Brian Oka Show, episode 235. Before we say hi to today's guest, we do have to mention our good friends and title sponsors of the very studio we sit in right now, Smart Start MN. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. Without them, after you drinking and driving, you do not drive in the state of Minnesota. Now, mm. certainly other companies have moved in, but they're the ones who laid the groundwork. They're the ones who worked with the legislature and the ju- judiciary to make sure that if you should make this grievous error, that you'll at least be able to get back in your car and start putting the shattered pieces of your life back together. Trust me, I know of what I speak. And we like people who aren't righteous. There's nothing about that with them. I mean, like these people aren't going to like make you do the walk of shame, Game of Thrones style, right? There's nothing like that here. They literally are just interested. I mean, that's the whole, why would they invent it? And they didn't want to help you get back into your car and advocate for you. And here's the weird thing. More than two years of them being the sponsor of this show, they refused to let us mention the price. And I don't know if that's a legal thing. I don't know if that's just a modesty thing. 
It's so affordable, it's though. It's crazy we really, cheap, yeah, man. I mean, compared to not driving and not going to work. And, and compared to everything else that yeah. a Dewey will cost you, yep. a Dewey is a very expensive endeavor to get back into your vehicle. It's, it's And I, I wish they would let me at least even hint at the amount, but they've been very cool, so I'm going to be cool by them. So just know this. It's less than you think it's going to cost, and it is going to get your life back on track after you've had that DUI. Whether you're found guilty or not, you're going to lose your license. You need to get back in your car right away and resume whatever semblance of normal life you can, they're going to help you do that. And they can get the installation of the ignition interlock system even cheaper if you follow a certain link. Yeah, go to smartstartmn.com slash Show. That'll get you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. Sean mentioned early in the show that we are all a little pumped. You know, music heads, I'm sure musicians are very pumped to be getting back out on the road and touring the world and doing all these things. I'm excited for musicians, too. Even people like Jenna Enemy and Ms. Oxborough, who came in recently from the Von Tramps, they're heading on a European tour. Like, the world is slowly and carefully but surely opening back up, and that means so much music, as I obviously was just talking about Tenacious D. Today, we are talking to Chris Mozina from The Hook and Ladder, who has been our guest before and who is helping... The Hook and Ladder is, to me, a very unique location in the sense that, A, they're nonprofit, which is rad as hell, right? I mean, that that means they're doing it for the love. They're not getting paid enough, and they're working their asses off 24-7, but it's because it matters to them. That's what it means to work for a nonprofit, and they're really doing it well. First of all, Chris, hello. How are you? Uh, hello, and thank you for the accurate assessment of the nonprofit world. <laughs> I work, I, so before I got into radio, I did six years in nonprofit working for environmental fundraising, and I know what it means to be lit- literally living on a shoestring budget, finding a way to get by, because if it didn't matter to you, if you didn't love it, if it wasn't in your blood, there's no fucking way you would do this for a living. No, it, that's exactly how it starts. Um and then uh, you reach a certain age and find you have painted yourself into a corner. <laughs> exactly. You're no longer hireable. Yeah, no, you're you stuck. Can't take direction well. You're Don't play by- well with others. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> and here take we are. Direction well thing. That's that's actually relatively crucial. What is your official title at the Hook and Ladder? Um, I'm the executive director. Ex- well, oh man. I mean, well, then you can do whatever you want. I mean, if you decided to turn it into a skate park or a knife fighting academy, I mean, you really could pull that off, probably, huh? For sure, okay. uh, at least until the next board meeting. Yes, uh, you know, believe me. There were days where we uh, contemplated uh, the build your own pine box workshop. Wow! Uh, in that space, when we couldn't okay. do performing arts, which is what we have. I mean, so chosen the, before we talk about. I mean, so the under the canopy uh, announcement has come out, right? Like the initial slate of what you plan yep. on doing over the next four, five, six months. It's already remarkable, and I know you have a lot more in the works, but let's talk just a little bit because it's been a minute since we've sat down face-to-face. It's hard for everybody when you can't leave the house. For a live music venue, when you can are, 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 are extremely limited, maybe can do a few online things, I mean... Even at a nonprofit whose expenses are not what a, you know, a, a regular for-profit venue might be, the challenges had to, had to at some point or at certain points seemed insurmountable. How did the hook and ladder survive lockdown? Um, that's a great question. I mean, there, um, for one, uh, as a nonprofit and, uh, you know, in the wake of the murder of George Floyd, mm-hmm. we are, we were spared first and foremost, which and, by the way, it remains one of the remarkable uh-huh. stories about that. Um, Cause this is my neck of the woods. We all mm-hmm. live here in South Minneapolis, right? Yeah. And a lot of that area was literally burnt or raised to the ground 
and you were spared the damage. I mean, was it a matter of putting up signs like, hey, we're cool, or luck uh, of the draw? There or? was some of that. There was certainly a, uh, an activist um, community members, uh, local pastors, local business owners, who, phys- and ourselves and volunteers and staff that physically stood in front of the building and said, not this place. Right. This is not, you know, there's no affiliation or association with the neighbor. Right. Um, so that's but I mean, a you, big part you of were it. at ground zero right there, right, on Minnehaha and Lake, yeah. right? I mean, that literally that, in that, the shadow of the third precinct. Precisely. And which burnt to the ground. And right. there was a lot of activity there. And people have a tendency to kind of get wound up about these things, right? And maybe now the world has been so weird for the last couple of years. Maybe George Floyd seems like this distant sort of almost pastoral memory like, yeah, that was really terrible. But, you know, we're way, way past that now, and we're fucking not. And no, we're it, not. And it, I, I mean, I drove here from the hook and came yeah. through George Floyd Square, uh-huh. and um, it, it affects uh, me to this day. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's it, uh, well, you have to think about it every single day when you go to work. Well, it's hard to ignore, and the lack of progress is hard to ignore. Yeah. And it's... Uh, it's frustrating for a lot of people. Well, we like to think that it's incremental, but the increments are still alarmingly small. And every once in a while, it's one of those one step forward, two step back kind of deal. Well, let's let's focus for now on the positive. The hook did survive and the exactly. hook did make it through. So first of all, you weren't burnt to the ground, which we're all very thankful of. But there are still the very, very stark economic realities of trying to keep even a nonprofit In place a of business open yeah. during a pandemic. How did you do it? Well, um, we were, you know, first and foremost, you know, personally, I credit this organization's um, resilience to the community of people that make it up, Um, to all volunteer board of directors. uh, We're largely volunteer run. We've got a very shoestring staff. And we erred on the side of safety and conservatism throughout the pandemic, which meant we were, you know, maybe a little more aggressive on masking and and, uh, vaccine mandates than some other places. You mean being reasonable and safe and based on scientific... (laughs) You know, unwittingly putting ourselves in the crosshairs of people with opinions. Here we are. Here we are. Nonetheless, um, you know, at the the core of our organization and our staff, there is an entrepreneurial spirit that comes from not a long you know there, we all have experience in nonprofits we also have experience in for profits and you know part and parcel of what i mentioned earlier with respect to uh, age or a particular point in your career and um and the other thing that happened in terms of timing was the elimination of so many venues you know mm-hmm. in the, a couple of years before the hook and ladder manifested we had lost 12 to 14 local venues that were um, critical for emerging talent to cut mm-hmm. their teeth and, and kind of figure out their sound and all those things. So it's it's been a roller coaster, but um, we pivoted right out of the um, aftermath of George Floyd into some community-minded service and then into broadcast hookstream um, events. We had electricity in one part of the building and were able to do that. And that took the help of, um, you know, Tim McGuire, um, you know, a whole host of different people came and participated and made that happen. And we were able to engage with artists, fulfill our mission. This was early on in the um, phenom of webcasting for for artists, Mm -hmm. and it was a relatively high-quality production compared to some of the 
couch shows that we all are familiar with yeah. as well. Way too familiar. <laughs> yeah, so eventually it kind of petered out. But um, coming out of the box, it was actually generating revenue for Minnesota artists. We were meeting our mission, and then as things evolved, um, we were able to contemplate a shift outside. You know, we didn't know what the future held. It was a big roll of the dice for a small community nonprofit theater. We did have the support of our city leadership. We did have the support of our neighborhood and our community. And I attribute the success to a, honestly, a lack of alternatives at that time. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> there wasn't a lot going on outside of the hook and ladders activity, but we, you know, for whatever reason, we, desperation, quite honestly, our own survival depended on generating some revenue. Well, but that, I mean, that's, so that's <clears throat> not only life in general, right? I mean, like, once your back's against the wall, you got to figure it out because the option is oblivion, right? And right. so, but with a nonprofit, the margins are thinner, the, the pool is smaller, and the, you know, I, I hate to use the word desperation, but necessity, absolutely. You've got to do it. Now, part of why, actually the main reason I wanted to have you on today is you're under the canopy lineup, looks mind-bending, and I know that it's only partially full so far. Before we start to reveal some of the people you have in place, I don't like to go too far without hearing a little music, Mm -hmm. but I do notice that coming up in less than two months, the literally legendary Minnesota musician, Cornbread Harris, who has been on this very podcast before, who has played everywhere. In fact, the last time I saw him, I accidentally walked by him over at Palmer's uh, on Cedar, right? Mm-hmm. I was walking back and I was heading out to see somebody out on the deck and I blew right past him. And someone's like, you saw the Cornbreads in there, right? I'm like, what? <laughs> Whatever's happening on the deck, I turned around and went back and watched him. You know, and there's 20 people huddled around a living legend. And so Cornbread Harris, his 95th birthday with special guests coming up on May 6th as part of your Under the Canopy tour. But tell me why you pulled this particular song. Oh, well, um, this song has been a journey for Cornbread, and I've had the pleasure of, of working with him for, you know, a couple, almost two decades now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the Sunday church shows he does it at Palmer's are an absolute treat. Exactly. If people haven't had an opportunity, please stop down and visit him. He loves it. Um, and these birthday shows we've been doing for a few years. This particular song, Put the World Back Together, seems, you know, uh, totally appropriate if, uh, lyrically. And I think your listeners might agree once we listen to it, given current world events. Someone say, let's wait, better start before it's too late to put the world back together, put the world back together, put the world back together again. Drive in the country, that sounds insane. Smell your polluted water, feel your acid rain. Cut down your forest, don't plant it back again. I said, put the world back together. Put the world back together. Put the world. 
fumes away. Water's too nasty to drink today. Nationalities talking, fear and hate, they said. Let's have a war and blow them all away. But I say, put the world back together. Put the world back together. Put the world back together. Someone say, let's wait. Better start before it's too late to put the world back together. Put the world back together. Put the world back together. Okay. Drive in the country, that sounds insane. Yeah, 
legendary. Like, I mean, that's a word I think that gets thrown around a lot. It does. But Cornbread Harris is turning 95 years old, and he's having a birthday celebration at the Hook and Ladder on May 6th with some incredibly special guests. And I'll leave it right there, Chris. How does that sound? That's very safe. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Hey, look, over 30 years of doing this, I've learned a little something about diplomacy and uh, also, you know, non-disclosure agreements and things like that. But Cornbread, (laughs) Cornbread, I remember when he came into this very studio, the Smart Start MN studio, to look at him as a man away from a piano, he looks very frail. My God, the man's 95 years old, right? But then you put him in front of a microphone and you're already enchanted. You put him in front of a piano and it's beyond X Factor. It's beyond charisma. The man still has it, and you cannot take your eyes off of him. It's pretty incredible, man. And he won't stop. Right. He, well, he, good. No, I know it's good. Uh, I mean, if I worry you make it to 95, him. well, of course you do. He's 95. But if you make it to 95 and you're still making it happen, well, he, if let you, her buck. He comes Just go with, ahead and do this he, thing. He, he brings that attitude that every show could be his last. Um, right, mm. rightfully so, to each and every performance, and he doesn't pass up opportunities. I mean, last summer during the state fair, he was invited to perform two or three times a day. Two, I think it was three times a day, two days in a row. And wow, Christ damn, God, it was one hundred and six degrees or some shit. And did he go? And the guy wears two pairs of long underwear yeah, I, and a wool suit <laughs> wherever he goes. So. Yeah. And to say I'm a little worried is uh, yeah. an understatement. I, I, I mean, the worry at that age is reasonable, but for people but who... But he killed it. I mean... Of course yeah. he did. He packed the place three Something times happens when he gets behind the piano. He doesn't appear to be a 95-year-old man anymore. The, the way... I mean, his fingers look gnarled, because when you're 95, your fingers get gnarled, right? Mm. But the way they sort of effortlessly float, but brilliantly and intentionally... I, I think he's a marvel to watch and a really a, like a genuine legend. His 95th birthday with very special guests will be happening on May 6th at the Hook and Ladder. And we'll talk more about this Under the Canopy lineup, which is now officially out the second we're done talking to Sean Bernard about his life in the real estate world. So it's going to get cold the next couple of days. We're recording this on March 10th, which is a Thursday. But then next week at this time, they're talking about 50s, maybe 60s. People are going to start to get spring fever. The wind are going to go open. People are going to start cleaning. They're going to be like, I have got to get out of this shithole. Now, how do I convince someone else to buy it? Sean, your thoughts? Well, first of all, don't market it as a shithole. Okay. That's one of the biggest things. That don't I, don't I, put that on the app? No, don't put it on the app. Because okay. when they do the searches, yeah. you'll rarely find like three oh. bedroom, two bath. Shithole. Almost no one looks up shithole when they put it. A search Almost word. no one. Almost. They're like split entry. Occasionally happens. Uh, three baths. Yeah, that that that. Although, happen. if you ask somebody, like, what can you afford right now? I don't know. Some small shithole. What, what do you have in the way of shitholes right now? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know that I'm not talking. I don't mean that seriously, although I feel like we could do a whole podcast on that. <laughs> but I know that you've been very busy lately, and busy over a normally, at least in years past, relatively speaking, quiet time of the year, and the game has changed, right? It has. It's it's super busy. I've got a couple of things that I'm doing that are working really well that I won't mention on this podcast because they really have worked well uh, for my clients, especially buyers. Um, I actually just did I, I, probably the thing I did that I'm most proud of I did yesterday. I found my friend's 80 and 84-year-old parents a place to live, and it was something that wasn't even on the MLS. I was I called about fifty different senior living places that most of them had wait lists of twenty to thirty uh, people deep, and 
was able to show them the place and write an agreement yesterday. Um, I was nearly in tears and I'm not kidding because I love this family. They're, they're from, uh, well, their place goes on the market uh, next Tuesday, but they're from 16th and Girard, North Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. And I grew up with this family and they are just the kindest, most decent people. She worked at the North community school. Uh, He worked uh, for Ascension parish for years and they have lived in their community and helped and supported their community. And they're at this age now where he can't climb stairs anymore. But I'm so proud of it. Is it the biggest deal I've ever done? Absolutely not. But I, I take great pride in helping them out and being of service to them. So, And I've got a really nice note from all five of their kids, which is pretty cool. So, wow. Yeah, so if you know somebody that's looking to buy or sell, 612-859-2594. I'm uh, going to continue doing what I did last year during the height of the pandemic. I'm donating a portion of every buy and sell to a local artist or musician. Um and you just give me a call, 612-859-2594. Chris Mozina, executive director of The Hook and Ladder, a nonprofit venue in South Minneapolis. And frankly, 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 I am very thankful for, sorry, I started mixing up my words there, for the presence of The Hook and Ladder, A, because it's an amazing place. A couple of different rooms there. It's amazing for a few reasons. One, it's a nonprofit, and I like that mentality. I like that mindset. I like that business model. But two, it's not just hyper-local artists, right? You might think like, oh, it's this weird little room, and so only people you've never heard of are going to play there before. And as of now, it's official, at least the initial release of the 2022 Under the Canopy lineup has been put out. And it's fucking fantastic. It's so good, Chris. Well, thank you. How um, how much time before you can announce something like this? Obviously, you want to have a good roster in place. But I know for a fact that you're not done, and you guys are going to pack a ton more shit into the middle right. of this. But at what point, how, how do you decide, all right, we go now, and we, re- we release this info now? Well, you, uh, in our case, <laughs> uh, and first of all, it's not me, um, I, I work there too, but there's a team of people. Um, there's a little company called Noble Presents that mm-hmm. we've engaged with that really takes on the majority of this work, contracts, like artist relationships, kind of but keeping the room full, yeah, and yeah. keeping all of us busy. Um, and um, they, they've been at this for um, months. You know, our, our operational pattern was interrupted with Omicron. We were dark in January, um, so operationally speaking, it didn't look like there was anything going off the hook, but believe me, behind the scenes, it's a flurry of activity. And, frantic, probably, on certain Well, days. it's frantic right now. Yeah, I'll uh, bet it is. This announcement I'll happened at 10 a.m. this morning. The and phones are ringing. Yeah, still, um, you're here. I'm sure that your phone, you're like, I really have to call this person back, but Brian won't stop talking, so... <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no place I'd rather be with my phone on here right now. So under the canopy is basically we're talking outdoors, right? Mm-hmm. And okay. it's a, and it's if I may, it's a concert series. But the hook and ladder is not strictly a concert venue. Right. Um, last year's concert series was born out of necessity, like you mentioned earlier, um, and it's what people really enjoy um, being outside, uh, listening to music and community. Uh, so we're we're delivering that in spades this year, but. We just spent the last several months doing a lot of programming events, and throughout our calendar, there are fundraisers. There are there's even some private events. There's right. um, you know a lot of activity outside of 
strictly concert events and there's some festival events that have pop-up shows and right well i mean but i mean it's it's the kind of place like well i mean we did mm-hmm. one of our patreon shows in your side room over there in right. the mission room right yep, i mean yep. but i've got to imagine whether we're talking about a company party or a you know modestly sized wedding or a ted talk i mean this your venue is sort of ideally suited for all of those things it, it is it's um it's weird because the structure is built so weird it's it's a european building design there's, I'm scared to say this out loud, but as I'm told, there's six or eight of these standing in North America yet. So really? it's a building design that went away a long time ago for reasons I don't want to get into. But, okay. Um, it's a, the, oh, man. the are you, ta- are you talking about genocide or what are you talking no, about? No, no, I'm talking about structural integrity. Ah, and <laughs> this particular Everyone building is had perfectly a, safe at the hook and ladder. This building is perfectly has been, safe, um, significantly reinforced by the previous <laughs> owner. Um, and it was I'm so sorry. I had the, no the idea. reason it, the, re, the reason it's so good as a venue, it, it was a firehouse, right? It was right. never designed for audio or, or, or live presentations, but due to the fact there's no support pillars on the ground floor, holding up the roof or the second floor, you have unfettered lines of sight. Um, that's due to a lot of intrinsic wires and cables and stuff in the building that were maintained by the, by the building owner prior to the organization so we know the structure is sound we know that it is a (laughs) multi-use facility but i think most people who listen to this podcast are music heads right and that's why we're talking today you've got this under the canopy lineup that you have announced that again i'm going to do just an incredibly brief overview right now because already there are several dozen artists or events listed on this brief list that I see on your initial release right here, but I know that you've been working on more, but I'm just going to hit a couple of highlights. Sure. Davina and the Bagavons, who if you've never seen live, that is a spicy, sexy, super fun, old-timey show. I love it. Belfast Cowboys, Terry Walsh, who mm-hmm. sat in this room on saw more than night. one occasion. Did you really? Yeah. Where'd you see Terry? He was at Doug Collins and the receptionist, oh. number 311. Yeah, so. yeah. I didn't know you went out last night. I wasn't going to because I was so exhausted, and Heather Abelkamper just talked me into it. Yeah. She's like, listen, if you're going to sell my house, so you're coming out to this tired. fucking gig. so All terrible, right. but it was great. Go ahead. <laughs> That's fine. But their 20th anniversary show, and, and so many other things. I mean, like, E.L. Noah is going to be there, who yep. put on one of the greatest They're live great. shows you've ever seen. Um, there are things like the record show that's going to be there, the annual Morel Feast fundraiser. I wouldn't put a mushroom in my mouth for money, but people love Morels more than they love their own children, right? So everyone's into different things. Juneteenth, Venus to Mars, who Wow. I mean, like, if you want to get wrapped up in a live show, Venus de Mars knows exactly what she's doing. Matt Wilson, who's also been mm-hmm. on the show, and his orchestra are going to be there. Your annual Roots Rock and Deep Blues Festival is going to be there, which is, you know, I think I'm afraid like when people think blues, they think white man Chicago blues, mm-hmm. like do, 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 do. And there may be some of that there, but this is a... a, I try really hard to have there be none of that. (laughs) And I appreciate that, because that's my least favorite form of blues. It's connotation of blues. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, when you talk about deep blues, there's usually some interesting, heavy, and occasionally scary stuff there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Malamanya is going to be there, which is super cool. So, I mean, you've got... 
Lee Rocker of the Stray Cats is yeah. going to be there. I mean, so you've you've got all these very interesting things, and I, I barely, I didn't even hit half of what you've got listed here on the list. Frankly, I don't want to get rid of the summer. I don't want it to go by too quickly, but I'm going to be buying tickets to go see Agent Orange, the talk scene, and Low Rats because no one will ever shut up about Low Rats these days, <laughs> and I haven't seen them yet. And that's a you good thing. You haven't seen them yet. I oh. haven't. I know. No. No. I know. And so I, I know, just I know where they rehearse. Do you? Mm. Interesting. Maybe we'll have to have a con- hmm. conversation after this podcast. <laughs> My point is, I just, <laughs> I'm excited clearly about music coming back. And I know you are, and I know it makes your job and your life crazier. But this is cool, man. This is good. It feels like things. And again, I don't want to get too far in front of it. No one saw Omicron coming. Right. Who knows what's next? Sigma? Right. Omega? <laughs> right. You know, I mean, who knows what's on we're, its way? We're, we're cautiously optimistic. But you have um, to maintain faith that this mm-hmm. is going to be a reality, right? Right. We were promised a roaring 20s, God damn it! God and, damn it! You're <laughs> right, Chris! It's happening. The yeah. spring and summer, I can't speak beyond that, but I'm pretty sure, uh, and and that this isn't entirely tongue-in-cheek, the, the behavior in people attending shows, be it at the Hook and Ladder or mm-hmm. elsewhere in our community, we've, mm-hmm. you know, we're seeing people come out and feel more comfortable Mm -hmm. and we saw the mask mandate go away which certainly helped and um come spring with as these infection numbers go down vaccination numbers have gone up sounds like the perfect storm for fun and community to gather uh with live music amen man we're we're kind of banking on that that other people feel that way too well i think a lot of people do i mean the the number of shows that are being announced not just by the hook and ladder but by virtually every venue it's a little overwhelming it's i mean it's exciting yes but oh my god and now let me ask you this um before we get into the next song which we're going to do right here when it comes when you talk about mask mandates and things like that obviously that's been loosened right Mm -hmm. But some places are still requiring proof of vax or, you know, strongly encouraging masking, if not being able to actually enforce it with a billy club or anything like that. Right. They're urging people to utilize best practices. Where does the hook and ladder fall on that spectrum? And I don't think there's a wrong answer. I'm just curious. Uh, there probably is a wrong answer, depending on who you're talking well, to. Well, okay, but... I actually do believe that. I <laughs> I'll give you an trying, honest answer. I was trying yeah. to be open-minded. <laughs> That's what we really want. Yeah. I'll give you an honest answer. I'd rather have the honest one. Um, we, um, we were aggressive on the way up with uh-huh. the pandemic mm-hmm. arguably um we put in mask mandates and um and, we, and our protocols were fluid depending on rates and we did the best we could on the way down our opinion is that as a community of venues and, and gathering spaces that we should have a uniform um you know expectations in terms of attendance so mm-hmm. we're we're looking to mirror those of the uh, first av in town, quite frankly. I mean, they've got 10, 10, 12 venues that they're operating. And we also understand that some of these mandates are artist driven. Um, but as Uh far as the venue goes, we're, we're, you know, there's no mask mandate at the hook and ladder. Um, we do recommend, you know, if you're inside, you wear one, Uh, if you're drinking, we don't expect you to filter your beer, Uh, but (laughs) cut a little hole for your straw. Yeah. And when (laughs) we go outside, um, we feel that's less of a concern. I mean, we're going to be agree. in the open and, and, air. And, and this is the under canopy out. bit, right? So, yeah. but let, so let me ask you one last question. I promise we're going to get to the song because sure. I know Sean's got somewhere to be. If an <laughs> artist, uh, and, and sorry to put that on you, Sean, but Jesus Christ, all right? Um, He's relentless. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so like, let's say, let's say an artist comes up and I'm not even going to mention one as a hypothetical because I don't want to hang that on anybody or be like, did you hear what E.L. now said? Um, but it's like, if an artist says, we're going to play outdoors, but we still demand that the, the crowd wear masks is that something you're willing to play with or do you tell them these are our rules 
Um, That's a case by case basis. Yeah, I'm sure um, it is. By and large, our track record of success in not having infections happen at the hook and ladder throughout this pandemic speaks for itself. Okay. And we ask people to trust our judgment. Um, artists who, at this stage in the game, where the numbers are coming down, if they were to approach us with those kinds of stringent requirements, we'd look very hard at it. It's not we wouldn't dismiss it outright, but right. we would. You know, give it a careful evaluation. Well, and I think most people, after two years of this, were ready to be we're outside. All sick of it. Make I, no mistake. Honest to fucking <laughs> yeah. God. I mean, I mean, but again, I also don't want to die, right? I mean, right. again, I don't want to kill anybody else. Well, exactly. Especially Cornbread Harris. Imagine how yeah. you'd feel if you killed fucking Cornbread Harris, all right? It's not cool. Luckily, he'll be not outdoors. Fun to imagine. As will. No. no, not at all. In fact, it's a nightmare. Two weeks later, after Cornbread's 95th birthday celebration at the Hook and Ladder, Davina and the Vagabonds are going to play live. And Who are neighbors of ours and live several blocks. You know, uh, it's it's ironic, uh, or interesting anyway, that how many artists live in South Minneapolis. Yes. And um, how many artists appearing on our Summer Under the Canopy series uh, can walk home or, you know, ride their bike to the well, gate? Yes. That's part of the bit, though, right? I mean, it feels like the hook and ladder feels like it's part of my community, right? Not just because it's a nonprofit, but because it's right there, and I recognize a third of the people when I walk mm-hmm. in there, not because I'm Mr. Man About Town, but because this is where I live. This is who yep. I am. It feels good to have a community place that feels community-like, but also has kick-ass music like Davina and the Vagabonds. You pick this song right here. Tell me about it. Well, um... They're they're friends of ours. Um, they're Minnesota, uh, you know, one of our greatest musical exports, quite frankly, and uh, are so beloved here in town that regardless of what, uh, you know, she's done holiday shows at the Hook. She, you know, she can go anywhere and sell out. But the fact that she continues to they the the entire outfit continues to want to engage with us and participate at the Hook is what really touches us. And I particular I love this song, Devil Horns. I know she it's an original piece.
Tasty as that sounded, I promise you, Davina and the Vagabonds are even more enticing live. Mm. Another one of those bands that you really can't take your eyes off. Once they start, you're like, why don't I see them every single time they play, right? But life is busy. We've all got things to do. Sometimes you have to get up early in the morning. But not this summer. This summer, we are going to go see all the fucking music. I am so excited, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Tenacious D. But here we are talking to Chris Mozina about the Under the Canopy uh, announced that came out very, very recently about this initial lineup. Now, people would be like, well, really, is that it for the whole summer? God, no. I know you guys. I am certain that right now on your phone, in the 45 minutes we've been sitting down, there are eight other proposals of other bands who would like to be there. There's uh, there's that, and there's the 25 or 30 offers that are currently out there under yeah. consideration. And right. there's all these bands are routing from, you know... For, there's a there's a an order to the acceptance of offers in the art, artist world when it comes to music in the really? summer and it's festival money rules the world. Well, and festival money's gotten <laughs> so stupid, right? Well, it I mean, has. like it's yeah. silly. So those everybody waits around for those things first because those will be your anchor dates on whatever routing you can do in between. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, as a three to five hundred size outdoor space, we're pretty far down the pecking. Uh, well, you're order. a nonprofit, right? I mean, like, and we're I remember, a nonprofit, but that's not a bad Basilica thing. Block Party, which, by the way, Basilica is off this year. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that kind of gave me insight. I didn't even really work on the business end, but it gave me insight as to what the summer festival circuit is like, especially, you know, about 15, almost 20 years ago, but probably closer to 15 when that summer festival circuit really started to explode. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the money people are willing to pay to go to a three-day festival or whatever is exorbitant, right? Mm-hmm. And But what they get paid, like, I mean, I'm not saying this happened at Basilica Block Party, but I'm not saying it didn't happen at Basilica Block Party. But when a headliner is getting paid $150,000 to show up and promise to pay play for 70 minutes, 90 if you're feeling generous, right? I mean, that's, how, that's almost impossible to compete with in the summertime. It's hard. Yeah, well, and we, we used to be on that weekend with our Roots Rock Festival seven, yeah. eight years ago and, and finally found a safe spot in July that we didn't have to deal with that <laughs> scenario <laughs> on a regular basis. <laughs> um, but that's a, that's the reality, and things come and things go in this market, but, you know, we all suffer for six, seven months of winter, so yeah. you can't um, 
you can't deny anybody the desire to go outside and do this uh, live music thing outside, whether it's a block party, uh, an outdoor venue, or uh, your backyard. I'm pumped, man. I mean, you got the iguanas coming. You got, like I said, Malamagna is going to be fantastic. The toasters are going to be there. Lee Rocker. Also, it's the Hook and Ladder's sixth anniversary bash. Six years. Is that six years that flew by like that, or is it six years that feels like 50 years? The latter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the uh, life, though, and, right, and man? It's, it, it worked, you know, if you um, calculate the number of hours of work, um, mm-hmm. then it makes perfect sense. A little closer to 50 way. years. No, exactly. <laughs> what do, if, if anybody, so I know that most people who are hearing this right now at least know what the hook and ladder is, have and maybe have been there, maybe have been there a ton. You know, there's a wide spectrum, but there are going to be people who have no idea what the hell the hook and ladder mm-hmm. is and how they can find out more, where they can find out lineups, where they can find out about opportunities to host special events there, weddings, birthdays, TED Talks, like I mentioned, or you know, charity events, whatever the case may be. What is ground zero? for the hook and ladder if people want to find out more the ground zero is our website which is brand new as of a week ago go on um, the hook mpls.com the hook and of course hook and ladder for those of us who are obtuse like me i think i had been to the hook and ladder mm, probably a half dozen times before i was like oh wait fire station <laughs> yeah. hook and ladder mm. that's an old-timey fire person's talk right yeah. and yeah. it took me a while to get there but i did eventually get there the building i think celebrates 130 years in 2024 so that's wow. how old that place is but right. it's got uh you know there's a lot of energy in it these days and we, we aim to keep it that way for well, a while and i was going to say that the hook itself is six years old celebrating its sixth mm-hmm. anniversary this summer there's a lot of energy there too because and a lot of history uh, yeah. but lineups like this don't happen and commitment like this doesn't happen without people who go to bed thinking about it and wake up thinking about it. And I don't want anyone to die worrying whether or not they can book EL No. But I also love the fact that there are people who are like wake up at 2 a.m. like, did I return that email? Did I do that thing? Because for music fans, man, it's been a long time. I'm excited to get back out there. Well, we are too. And that seems to be a consistent uh, feeling across the board. And we hope it manifests in some early ticket sales because at the end of the day, our mission is to serve Minnesota performing artists with revenue generating performance opportunities as well as providing platform for some marginalized voices in our community. Excellent. Well, you've also got partnerships this year with, I mean, I'm going to run through the super fast Brown Foreman, Star Tribune, Summit Brewing, some station called The Current, also Moon Palace Books, uh, Arbiter Brewing, The Hive Realty Group, The Hub Bike Co-op, Lake Street Council, The Messenger, KFAI, and No Bool, and many others, because obviously community partnership is a huge part of what every nonprofit has to be involved with to be able to be successful. It is, and, and it truly takes a village. Um, and what's not listed there are the countless individuals. Um, we just had a call for volunteers in the last couple of weeks and had 45 community people mm. come want to be part of this and contribute. And with the carryover from last year, you know, we're in a great position to be able to execute. And, and it's exactly why we were able to lower ticket prices this year and make it more accessible. And those, I'm sorry, did you say lower ticket prices? Yeah, I think you'll find across the board ticket huh? prices have come down at the hook and ladder because, right. A, we've been able to expand capacity with the lack of pod seating. Right. And our mission is that of accessibility for the audience as much as we're here to serve artists. You're never going to be successful as a big oil company, though. No. <laughs> That's a fact. Sorry. 
Uh, but I mean, just because with everyone reopening, everyone's reopening sort of at these outrageous prices because they're trying to make up for lost time and lost ground. So, I mean, that, well, and we and we also have been fundraising. I mean, as a nonprofit, we have um, through the Give MN uh, website, which is still active. And as of uh, right before this podcast, we were five thousand two hundred and forty five dollars short of our $30,000 under the canopy fundraising goal. So give MN, and then when you get there, you look up the hook. Give MN.org. Yeah. Okay. And you just uh, type in the hook, and it pops right up. Right and you on. can make a contribution. The best part of that, some of those sponsors that you just mentioned have active uh, doubling grants. So if an individual cool. does hear this, want to make a contribution, know your impact will be effectively doubled. Fantastic. We're talking about the 2022 Under the Canopy release, but of course, so much more goes on at the hook and ladder in Southeast Minneapolis. We got to wrap this thing up, but before we go, I need to thank Smart Start MN. Sean Bernard, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, and, um, that was the most genuine way you've ever said that, and it really warmed my heart. I'm in a good mood today, man. <laughs> you I are. Feel good. I'm pumped today, man. It, it, again, Your daughter was so thoughtful, and that's part of the deal. It's like oh. it's about somebody else thinking of you, going, "Hey, I'm don't do you this. make me cry?" All right, oh. just because I'm going to see Rage Cage and Jables melt the world around them with How the do we power get those guys of their in rock. <gasps> that would be the dream, right I there. I can't. I don't even want to think about it right now. <laughs> in addition to thanking our sponsors, I do want to thank everyone who's ever jumped on board at Patreon, anyone's ever listened, shared amplified, even hit the like button when you listen to the podcast. It makes a difference. And again, this podcast is not curing childhood cancer, but it is doing what it can to highlight and support the members of our community that make it one of the, I don't know, single best places to live on planet Earth. Certainly in the United States. I'm going to be honest. I haven't lived a lot of other places on planet Earth, (laughs) but I like it here a lot. And I like the fact that we're able to highlight so much of what goes down in this community. Also, thanks to Audio Equip, the one who provided us with the ones who have provided us with all this incredible equipment that we have here in this room that makes it sound almost like a professional operation. Way better than the Mr. Microphones. <laughs> Sean, I'll see you next time. You too. Uh, Chris, thank you very, very much. Thank you. Good luck Thanks, with the Chris. summer. I know your life is only going to get more ridiculous over the next few weeks. But if we can find a time during the summer when you are not on life support, maybe we'll have you back to talk about all the new additions that are coming to the hook over the course of the summer. That We would welcome that. Thank you. All right. Very good. Before I let you go, though, you've chosen one more thing, an artist I've never heard of, and this is one of my favorite things about doing this show, Mm -hmm. asking people to play music because everyone's got different perspectives, right? Everyone likes different things, and nobody, no matter how good you are at music or literature or dance or anything you do, nobody knows everything, so it pays to keep your eyes and your ears open and see what's going on. I've never heard of this artist. Well, um, this is an example of one of the many plates that are spinning right now. This is not yet formally confirmed, but looking very good. Working on it. And we're so excited about this artist. It's a Brazilian artist who was a child prodigy, who has grown into a master craftsman of his form. He plays, the name escapes me, but it's a cross between a mandolin and a lute it's 12 strings he's phenomenal he's a brazilian treasure he's coming to the states for uh he has a 30-day visa to do some very large Mm. engagements Mm -hmm. in some very large cities and we just got lucky enough to be in between a couple of those locations and the timing looks like it's going to work out and uh gentleman's name is hamilton de holanda 